0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, October 16, 2022, on the basis of Deuteronomy 10, verses 12-22. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. If you were to walk out the front door of our building here and immediately take a left and then keep walking and keep walking and keep walking until you wouldn't be able to walk any farther, you would find yourself standing and looking at this. Right across the street at Duluth Trading Company right here <laughs> in Mount Corb, there is a collection of tools of a bygone era. In fact, if you went inside, you would find, among all of the fun things that they have to purchase there at Duluth, you would find the Wally Keller Tool Museum. Hundreds and hundreds of tools that farmers and mechanics and builders used to use. Now a lot of those tools look very similar to tools that we still use today, but my favorite part of the entire tool collection is the What's This board a whole host of strange-looking contraptions and devices, and the idea is that you are supposed to try to guess what each one does, what each one was used for. When I was in there recently, one in the very lower left-hand corner specifically caught my attention. (laughs) What do you think? I don't know, maybe it's just because we're in the middle of the month of October, but instantly I thought... Halloween pumpkin carving template, (laughs) right? You hold that thing up to a pumpkin, you take a knife and you you trace the pattern and voila, you've got a perfect jack-o'-lantern for Halloween. That's not what it is. Now I suppose you're dying for me to tell you what it is, right? I don't know, you'll have to see. You'll have to keep paying attention if you really want to find out. The point that I'm trying to make is simply this, that if you had a job to do, if you had something you needed to build or something you needed to fix, and the only thing that you had to work with was a collection of tools like that, probably the very first thing that you would need was a history lesson. You would need to have a pretty good working knowledge of the past in order to know what each tool did and what each tool, what task each tool performed. And that's the reason I thought of the Wally Keller Tool Museum as I thought about these verses in front of us from Deuteronomy chapter 10 this morning. You see, we're in the middle of this worship series that's entitled, Held On To For Dear Life. We're looking at this handful of ideas that are at the very heart of the Bible that, yes, God wants us to hold on to for dear life, but because by those very same truths, he holds on to us. And the ideas, the truths that are in front of us this morning, the ideas that are out on the table specifically are God's laws, God's commands, God's do's and his don'ts. In fact, we might even say that God's laws are like a collection of tools set out on the table for us. And as we're going to see today, these tools are very useful. They can be very beneficial for us in our lives. But that sort of forces us to ask the question, useful for what? Useful For what? As much as God's tools, God's laws can be useful and beneficial for us, I'm here to tell you that it is very easy for Christians and it is very easy for Christian churches to use those tools for the wrong things, to use those tools for a purpose for which they were never intended to be used. And so thankfully, the verses that are in front of us today are not only going to force us to ask that question, what are God's laws used for, but they are also going to point us to the answer. And that answer is found in the very same place that you would learn how to use a bunch of tools that were used long, long ago. It is found in history. It is found by looking back. As we look at these verses from Deuteronomy chapter 10 this morning, we're going to see that to use God's laws correctly in the present, you need to have a clear view of the past. This book of, of Deuteronomy, this fifth book of the Bible, is sometimes referred to as Moses' farewell address. The prophet Moses had been the leader of God's people for the past 40 years. He had been the one that God chose to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. He led them across the wilderness to a place called Mount Sinai, also known as Mount Horeb, where God had first given his people all of his laws. Moses had then led them wandering through the wilderness for 40 whole years and now he had led them to the doorstep of the promised land. But Moses knew that they were going to go on without him. That he was about to die. And so in his farewell address, he, yes, first of all, repeated many of the laws that God had first given to them at Mount Horeb, but he also, and maybe more importantly, tells them how they are to use those laws. We might even picture Moses as an old man handing down his tool collection to his grandchildren, telling them how to use these things that they have been given. And so Moses tells the people to walk in obedience to the Lord. God's laws provide a straight, a good, a reliable path for us to take as we walk through life. Moses tells the people to observe the Lord's commands and decrees. In fact, we sometimes picture God's laws sort of like a, a fence or a wall that surrounds the wonderful blessings that God gives to us to make sure that we can enjoy those blessings to their fullest so that they aren't ruined by sin. It's no surprise that Moses tells the people that God has given them these laws for their good. These laws are to be useful and beneficial for them in their lives. But only if, only if, They remember to look back. The very first words that Moses speaks in this section are the words, and now. In other words, in the present and looking forward to the future, God's laws can and will be beneficial to you, but only if you remember the thing that I just said. And the thing that Moses had just said was a history lesson. Moses wanted to remind God's people of all those things that had happened while they were out there in the wilderness. In fact, Moses told God's people that they needed to remember and they needed to never forget what had happened out there in the wilderness. Moses said to them, Remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here, you have been rebellious. Against the Lord. So, yes, God's laws can be useful, God's laws can be beneficial in our lives. But when it came to the people of Israel, if they were looking for a reason for why God had chosen them as His special people, or if they were looking for a guarantee that God was going to deliver to them the promised land that they were about to enter. Moses didn't want them living under the illusion that it was all because they had done such a wonderful job of keeping God's laws. Moses wanted them to continually and never stop looking back so that they would remember that they had not earned these blessings. In fact, they didn't deserve them at all. Makes sense when you think about it, really. Just about any tool that we have at our disposal can be misused. It can be used for something it was never intended to be used for. It can be used for something it is not equipped to do. And certainly that is true of God's laws. As useful and as beneficial as they can be in the lives of Christians, useful for marking out the path that we walk down, useful for guarding and protecting the wonderful blessings that God wants us to enjoy to their fullest, there is another very important task, there is another very important job that you and I and really all people are interested in seeing completed. And that project, that, that task, is for us to have a reason for our relationship with God and for us to have a guarantee of his goodness to us. We want to know where we stand with God and why. We want to know what is in store for us, both in this life and in the life to come. And why? A reason for our relationship with God, a guarantee of his future and eternal goodness. And when it comes to those two things, Moses wants us to know that we always need to remember we never can stop looking back. We need an accurate view of history. We cannot go back and rewrite history as much as we might like to. Sort of like that ruler in today's gospel did. Jesus sort of rattles off some of God's commands to him. And his response was, All of these I have kept since I was a little boy. Are you kidding me? I'm guessing if his mother was standing next to him, she might have told a different story. That man was rewriting history. You and I need to look back and we need to look back accurately. see, it is very easy, very natural. In fact, there's a lot of natural incentive for us as we go looking for that relationship with God and that guarantee of his goodness for us to look around and say, well, look, God has spread before me all of these laws. So I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll pick one of them up and I'll use it. Here you go. I went to church today. Certainly that's obeying one of God's laws. Or look at this, I, I treat other people with kindness and respect. Look at this, I give generously of what God has blessed me with to help others. Look at this, I sacrifice for my kids, I work hard, I obey the laws of the land and I do My civic duty. It is very easy and natural for us to think that that reason for our relationship with God, that guarantee of his future and eternal goodness can be found by picking up and by using one of his laws. That's why we must always look back and look back clearly for every one of those laws of God that we think, and of course only think, that we have observed, there's another one that we have completely abused. For every time that we think we have in fact walked the straight and narrow, there are dozens of times where we have strayed from the path. And so it is vital for us to look back and to look back honestly. And when we do, we will conclude that the only thing we can do with God's laws is put them down to give them up, to stop putting them to use. They can be useful for a lot of different things, but when it comes to the reason for our relationship with God and our guarantee of his goodness, we must put them down. They are of no use for us there. Which is exactly why out of all the things that Moses told the people of Israel to do with God's law, he never once, at least in these verses, told them to hold on to them. Walk in them? Yes. Observe them? Yes. But hold on to them? Cling to them for dear life? In these verses, Moses reserves that verb for something else. Actually, more accurately, he reserves that verb for someone else. And again, that important lesson that Moses wants to teach the people of Israel comes from taking a look back, from taking a look at history. As he takes the people of Israel down this trip down memory lane, he not only reminds them of all of the rebellion that took place out in the wilderness, he also reminds them of how the Lord had responded to that rebellion. And in fact, he does the exact same thing again in these verses. He reminds them that it was for no good reason, it was just from his pure grace, that he had chosen Abraham and his descendants to be his chosen people. And he reminds them that with his powerful hand, he had reached out and he had delivered them from slavery in Egypt. Before telling them what he wants them to hold on to, the Lord reminds them, Moses reminds them, that it is God who had been holding on to them. God had handpicked them to be his people. God had reached out his powerful hand and plucked them from the jaws of slavery and death, and so in terms of their relationship with God and their guarantee of his blessings, they could put down God's laws. Instead, Moses said, they were to hold on to him. And if they had every reason to do that based on their history, then you and I have even more reason. Are you looking for a reason for your relationship with God, proof of where you stand before him, How about the fact that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you? How about the fact that out of all the times and places in which you could have lived, out of all the circumstances that could have characterized your life, you live at a time and a place where the saving name of Jesus is a name you've heard It's one you know. In fact, you've probably heard it so many times that you're tempted to take it for granted. How about the fact that for some of you at least, when you were just a few days or a few weeks old, God claimed you as his own, as his child when you were baptized. Long before you had even the opportunity to prove your worth to him. Are you looking for some sort of proof, some sort of guarantee that no matter what evil you might be going through in your life, God has goodness in store for you and that goodness is guaranteed? How about the fact that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day? How about the fact that in that resurrection, God demonstrated that he can take even the world's worst evil and use it to bring about the ultimate good? How about the fact that in that resurrection, God has now turned our greatest foe into a friend? That death itself no longer signals our defeat. In fact, it signals the very start of our victory. That death no longer separates us and tears us away from God for all eternity. Instead, death now ushers us to his side. God has given us every Reason to know that when we look back at the past, we can see why we can let go of God's laws and instead hold on to Him, cling to Him for dear life. It is an important thing, and it can be a tricky thing to know what to do with these tools, to know what use to make of God's laws. And as I mentioned, it is very easy for Christians, including us and for Christian churches, including ours, to get it wrong from time to time. To try to use God's laws for something they were never intended to do. To try to use them for something that they are not equipped to do. And so we need to always remember, we need to never forget to look back, to remember the past, In fact, that's what we do just about every time we come into God's house. Almost the very first thing, we look back and we say together the only honest thing that there is for us to say, God, I have sinned against you in my thoughts, my words, and my actions. And we look back at the past and we remember that in his love, God sent his son Jesus to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Looking back Back makes clear what we should let go of and looking back makes clear whom we should hold on to. And then, or and now, as Moses would say, once we have looked back at the past and remembered those two important lessons from history, now we can use God's laws correctly. In fact, we can use them sort of the same way someone would have used this. It's not a Halloween pumpkin carving template. It's a shoe for a horse or an ox to help them walk through swampy ground. Not a bad picture for the usefulness that God's laws have for us. As we walk through life, surely we are going to encounter some swampy, ground. Sometimes we will find ourselves knee-deep, in fact, in temptations from the world and lies from the devil. God's laws provide a safe, solid ground for us to walk on. So walk in them. Keep them on your feet at all times. But in your hand, hold on to, for dear life, the gracious God who is holding on to you. Amen.